Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I am your host, J.P. Sticko, and welcome to SportsEthos.com Fantasy NFL Today podcast. Here he, here he, and welcome to episode three of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. I am super excited about this episode. This is going to be an episode on the rookie wide receivers and their fantasy potential. If you have not listened to my first two episodes, I really recommend going back and listening to them. And, and, and that's not just because I'm trying to, you know, boost, my, boost myself up a little bit. It's, it's simply because whatever I'm talking about today on this podcast, I have not talked about yet. So that means anything in episode one and two, I'm not going to mention again here on this episode. So make sure you're going back and listening to them because episode one deals with, you know, my top rookies that I think have highest fantasy potential. Episode two was my rookie running backs with the highest potential. And this episode obviously is going to be the wide receivers with the highest fantasy potential. So if you haven't yet, go listen to those episodes. Okay. If you haven't also yet, Get onto my Twitter and make sure you're following me because I am going to, about in 30 seconds, answer a two questions that I received on my Twitter uh, yesterday. And these two questions are, are very good questions. And like my teachers always said, no question is a dumb question. But it's going to be important that you're following me on Twitter because during the season, I'm going to have a full Friday episode about start and sits. And I will be answering all start and sit questions that are messaged to me on my Twitter. So make sure you're following me at JP Sticko, and that is my, my Twitter handle. And just make sure you're just interacting with me. I kind of want this show to work with, with, with you guys. I want you guys to kind of steer the way this show is going to go moving forward, especially after we get through the whole draft analysis and who I, you know, my mock drafts and everything at, that, like that. During the season, I'm really going to need your help to help me steer this thing, right? I want to help you win. I cannot help you win if I don't know how I can help. All right? So... Like I mentioned before, I had two really interesting questions. And the first question is basically just um, a, a simple question. The, the question was, am I going to give out a, a full-on rookie ranking, fantasy ranking, um, eventually? And my answer is yes. So these episodes are meant for me to really be doing my homework and giving you my notes about why I have the receivers or the running backs or you know quarterbacks and tight ends, where I have them ranked once my rankings come out. But with that being said, I will be doing two NFL rookie fantasy potential rankings. The first one will be released prior to the uh, start of training camp. And the second one will come out after training camp. If you are following a fantasy expert and this expert has the same list of players from, you know, the start of training camp to the start of the season, find somebody else because that person is doing nothing but sitting on his behind trying to get you to click on his page or click on his podcast without doing any work in between. I promise you, I am digging deep. I'm talking to people. I'm doing my research. I will give you the most up-to-date fantasy rankings every single episode. I promise you that. The second question I, I really found interesting. And the second question was, where would I suggest drafting Aaron Rodgers? What round? And my response was, I never really have a round where I'm really going to look to take a quarterback. And let me explain. Unless your quarterback that you really, really want is a top one tier quarterback, 
Okay. And this year, those guys are Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes. Those are my three number one tier quarterbacks. Now, if you really want one of those guys, you're probably going to have to decide what round you want to take them. But if it's not one of those guys, and it's a guy like a guy like Aaron Rodgers, for me, who falls in tier two, you're going to want to start looking at when these tier two quarterbacks start being taken, when they start falling off the board. Because once that happens, you have to decide, all right, do I believe the guy that I am targeting in tier two is going to make it back around to me for my next pick? Then you wait. But if you don't think he's going to come back around, that's a time you have to jump on him. But what I like to say, my tier two guys are kind of interchangeable guys that I think are going to have similar seasons uh, that have the similar ceilings and the similar floors. So either way, how I approach my quarterback is if I'm not trying to stack, meaning getting a receiver that matches my quarterback, like, you know, back in the day where I was always trying to stack Aaron Rodgers and, and Devontae Adams, if I wasn't trying to do that, I don't care which tier two quarterback that I get. because in my mind, a tier two quarterback that I have ranked in my tier two, which will be coming out soon, or have about the same fantasy upside and are projected to have the same fantasy output for the season. So to answer the Aaron Rodgers question, the, the answer is I don't know because it all matters you know, when these tier two quarterbacks start coming off the board and what position you are drafting in. So keep that in mind. Again, follow me on Twitter. I'll answer all of those questions. Every single time I get a, I get a question, I will answer them in, this, in my podcast openings. Without further ado, let's really get rolling. There's a lot to unpack with these rookie wide receivers in the 2022 draft. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get rolling. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. I am super excited to get this episode going. I'm going to get right into it right now, right here. Let's do it. Chris Olave, Christian Watson, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Trey Burks, Alec Pierce. Those are all guys that I've mentioned before, especially on episode one. I broke down all of those wide receivers. However, I mentioned in episode one and in episode two that I am extremely high on Christian Watson and Chris Olave this season. If you want to know why, go back and listen to episode one because I ain't got the time to repeat myself, okay? Or if you would like me to, I can answer any questions that you want. Just make sure you're asking me again on Twitter. Love those two guys. Like I said, I'm probably going to mention on every single episode. The next wide receiver is, a, is an interesting flyer for me, and I think he's probably the most talented wide receiver out of all of these rookie wide receivers. However, he's coming off of a big, big injury. He suffered an ACL tear in a national championship game. This man is Jamison Williams from Alabama. Jamison Williams was drafted by the Detroit Lions in the first round with the 12th overall pick. If he is healthy, Williams is an absolute nightmare to cover. Let's put it this way. This guy broke records in high school in the hurdle. So not only is he fast, he is extremely explosive. I don't know if you guys ever tried jumping over a hurdle in gym class, but those things are a lot higher and a lot more difficult than they that these athletes make them make it seem. And not only was Jamison Williams a hurdler, he was a record-breaking hurdler. And we see a little bit that uh, uh, we see a little bit of that skill in his NFL game. Jameson Williams 
is instant gas. And what I mean by that is when he plants, he absolutely takes off. And I think that has to do a lot with that hurdling skill, right? Think about it. you're jumping over the hurdle, you plant your foot, you got to take off. So I really think that that skill set has transferred into his football game in such a unique way that this guy is gas when he plants his foot. It's a pew, he's gone on a blink of an eye. He just blows by cornerbacks and has an extreme way of keeping cushion. And what I mean by that is you could be a super fast wide receiver and get by a cornerback, right? But eventually you may run out of steam. This guy just doesn't seem to have an off button. This guy never runs out of steam. He keeps the same cushion. He could probably keep a whole cushion through a hundred yard dash. He's that fast, but he's got that much stamina in his game. He's extremely extremely good at yards after the catch. So that means if he's going to catch a slant or something, he's going to find ways to get up field, make somebody miss and get you that first down. I'm extremely high on Jamison Williams, but that injury scares me. I know we've seen in recent years, guys like Adrian Peterson come off of ACL injuries and be back to normal. But Jamison Williams is not a physical beast like, for example, an Adrian Peterson is. He's not the most built guy. He is pretty lanky. So that ACL tear is going to maybe linger a little bit longer. However, reading an article that came out this morning, his surgeon is very, very, very happy with the progress that he's making. Williams has a target of trying to get back at week one of the preseason. However, the Lions coaching staff keeps telling him, dude, we got to relax, okay? We don't want to bring you back too early. God forbid something else would happen to you, to your knee, and then we'll lose you for the whole season. So let's just take it easy. But I love the fire in this guy. This guy wants to prove that he should have been the number one wide receiver taken off the board this year. Another little bit of a downside is he doesn't play with much strength. Um, that's mostly due to the lack of strength. Um, so battling for catches in space is going to, is difficult for him. So that means, you know, comeback routes that he has to find, you know, um, space between the corner and the linebackers when they're both, you know, getting in his face, he has trouble separating himself with routes like that. He doesn't come back for the ball very well either. It's kind of like he doesn't want to come back for the ball. I mean, this guy, like I said, is a, a human joystick in terms of stop and go. So he doesn't really like coming back for the ball. So those, you know, 10-yard comebacks, you know, quick hitches, things like that, he doesn't really like running, um, and he's not really good at them. I wouldn't say he's bad by any stretch of the mean, of, uh, any stretch of the mean, but he's not very good. So with all that being said, what kind of upside does this player have for the Detroit Lions? That's the issue. Can Jared Goff and Armand St. Brown as well on the wide receiver courts, can Goff get these guys the ball? I don't really hate Goff like many people do. I don't think he's anything near a fantasy-worthy quarterback, but I also don't think he's as bad as people are saying he is. So do I think he can get him the ball? I do. But do I think Jameson Williams will finish in the top three for wide receivers this year? Eh, I'm not sure. Amon St. Brown is a very good wide receiver, and he was very high on my rankings until they drafted Williams, but he's still up there in my rankings. I just think there's a lot of you know, weapons 
you know, you got Hawk too there in Detroit, and Detroit's, you know, they got Swift out of the backfield. They're not that bad in terms of weapons, and I don't think Goff is a good enough quarterback where he's going to sit back there and they're going to throw the ball 30-plus times a game and all these skill players are going to get five-plus targets a game. That's not going to happen. But I do think Williams has a few games this year where he's going to absolutely burst through the ceiling. He's going to have some monster games. But I do also think there's going to be some games where he may disappear, okay, especially against teams that have really strong corners. And what I mean by that is corners that are going to get up in his face and jam him at the line. he could struggle against defenses like that. But Jameson Williams is a very, very talented wide receiver. And I will not mind having him on my team if I can get him a little bit later in the NFL draft. Fly me to the moon and let me play among the st- Oh. Sorry, uh, Sky Moore of Washington. See what I did there? Sky Moore. Fly me to the. Okay, moving on. Sky Moore, Western Michigan, was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs in round two, pick 54. I don't know about you guys, but everything I'm seeing on Twitter, ESPN, all those sports fakes, I'm seeing Sky Moore is the next Tyreek Hill for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't I don't think so. I don't see it. And I'll give you a few reasons why. Number one, Tyree Kill flies. Tyree Kill is the fastest player in the NFL, according to him. And I do believe it. If you watch any Tyree Kill, that guy looks like he can walk on water. That's how fast he moves. Sky Moore ran a 4-440 in high school. Uh sorry, in the at the combine. 4-440 at the combine. That's fast. But that's not Tyreek Hill fast. Tyreek Hill's speed is what makes him a fantastic Hall of Fame potential wide receiver. It's his speed. Sky Moore is not that type of receiver. Sky Moore is more of a possession type receiver. He gets open because he uses his route leverage. He's really good at stacking corners. And what I mean by that, is when he gets by a corner, he's really good about getting on top of them and does not let them get to his hip. Okay, if you ever played football, you know what that means. If the corner, as a cornerback, you are taught to get to their hip. But if a receiver is good, he will not let you get to that hip. And that's what Sky Moore does really well. He stacks corners because when you're playing a receiver and you're staring at the back of his numbers, you know you're in trouble. But when you're hip-to-hip, stride-to-stride, you know you have a chance at either picking the ball off or ripping through his hands. Skymore does a really good job at stacking corners, but he also does a really good job at catching in traffic. So what that means is he does a good job at catching the ball and immediately getting hit or catching the ball while guys are scraping at his arms. He's very good at catching in traffic. He doesn't have the best burst either, which makes that stacking ability extremely important because he doesn't really get separation from the corners. So Tyree Kill, all those passes that Patrick Mahomes would hit hit him on, especially those post patterns, you remember those things? He was like 15 yards ahead of every corner that was trying to chase him. That's not going to be Sky Moore. Sky Moore is not going to be doing that. I could see Hardman possibly doing that. Hardman's supposedly a speed guy, isn't he? 
I think this chief offense is going to look entirely different this year. I think Patrick Mahomes is really going to spread it out. And I think instead of replacing Tyree Kill with one guy, they're going to replace his skill set with multiple guys. And Sky Moore, I think, is going to be a very productive wide receiver in terms of catching in traffic and catching contested passes for the Kansas City Chiefs. Do I think he has potential, extreme potential? Absolutely. I would not mind having him on my fantasy team. I just don't know enough about him yet. And the reason why I say that is because going to Western Michigan, he did not play against the best you know, defenders. However, he played against Michigan. You know what he did against Michigan? This is, the one, this is like their big game. He caught two balls for 22 yards. That's a little alarming for me that your best player your best skill player is catches two balls for 22 yards against a top-notch defense because you're going to want to feed him the ball. Or you could look at it this way, that Michigan knew that Sky Moore was all they had, so they designed a, designed a defense that would just shut him out of the game entirely. That's possible too, and he will not get that type of, of, of love and respect from the defenses when he gets to Kansas City because you know who will get that, right? This year, Kelsey. Kelsey's going to get all the attention, which could absolutely help Sky Moore. So do I think Sky Moore has potential? I absolutely do. But I, do I think he's Tyreek Hill? No. And guess what? He doesn't have to be Tyreek Hill. I don't think anybody is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's a one of a kind. He's a one of one. And the Miami Dolphins are very happy to have him. But I do think Sky Moore has a good year. He could even see a lot of targets, especially if, if he proves to Patrick Mahomes that he is a possession receiver and he does it well because if Kelsey's getting tripled and doubled and they're bringing multiple safeties up to cover Kelsey, Sky Moore is going to have a lot of one-on-one coverage. And if he can make the catches, I do believe Patrick Holmes will get on the ball. So do I like Sky Moore this year? I absolutely do. Do I think he is anything like Tyreek Hill? I don't. To uh, summarize this next wide, rookie wide receiver, I'm going to use two words. Speed kills. Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor ran a 42840. <laughs> oh, a 4-2-8-40. If you took two blinks, you probably missed him. You probably missed him. You missed the whole entire run. Two blinks. He's gone. Flash. Do I think he could beat Tyreek Hill in a race? I think he would absolutely give him a run for his money and probably beat him. But guess what, people? You could have the most speed in the NFL at the wide receiver position. You could be the fastest guy in the world. But doesn't mean that makes you a good wide receiver. You could be the fastest wide receiver in the world and have unbelievable hands. But guess what? That doesn't make you good at a good NFL receiver. But what Thornton really does well is something that he must have been coached up on because this is not just something that you're born with or something that you kind of, oh, the instincts type of thing. This is something that you need to be coached up with. And this is it. Thornton does a really good job of using his speed to set up his next move. And what I mean by that is this. Cornerbacks are always taught, right? You're taught to stay on your toes. You're taught not to flip your hips open and start running upfield until it's absolutely necessary. Stay in your backpedal. But what Thornton does well is he waits until that cornerback is either on his heels or that cornerback opens up his hips before he makes his next move. Think about it. 
you know when you're like walking down a grocery aisle and like you you pass the Frito bag and you meant to grab the Fritos bag, so you got to backpedal back to the Fritos bag, and you kind of find yourself in, in an awkward balance of where you kind of feel like you're gonna fall backwards and bump your head. That's what Thornton does to the NFL cornerbacks, or I'm sorry, to the college cornerbacks last year that I think he can do again to the NFL quarterbacks. He sets them up so that they're on their heels, they're off balance, and then he makes his cut. That is an unbelievable coached trait that Thornton has mastered. So I think that's his best aspect of his game. Yeah, he's fast. I mean, that's an awesome, awesome, amazing attribute to have at the NFL wide receiver, but to set up a corner or a safety with your speed is even more impressive. So I think Thornton does a really good job of that and it gets unbelievable separation, which the England Patriots haven't had in years, probably since Randy Moss. I mean, think about it. Julian Edelman, don't get me wrong, he's one of my, he was one of my favorite players ever, and I'm not even a Patriots fan, but he never really had separation, right? He wasn't known as a, a separation receiver. He was known, known as, I'm going to find a hole in the zone, I'm going to catch it, and I'm going to get immediately upfield. But Thornton will give you separation. I think Mac Jones is going to love throwing it to, to Thornton. He's a, a rare specimen. He's a rare um, athlete to have on the football field. But he doesn't do everything very good. And I think a lot of that is because of his size. He's bone thin. And everything that I'm reading is it's not that he doesn't work hard in the weight room. I just think that's just the way that his body's built. So a question comes, is he going to break down? Another question is, how is he going to handle NFL corners on pass protection or I'm sorry, on run blocking? He gets redirected very easily on jams, which means you're trying to get off the ball. Okay. The cornerback knows you're going to try to take one jab step in and get to the outside. I'm just going to punch your shoulder. I'm going to throw you off. And you know what that does? That throws off all rhythm with you and your quarterback. So as soon as he gets off that path and his rhythm is thrown off, Mac Jones is immediately going to go somewhere else because he's not where he should be after the third step in a drop back, for example. He's very slow to sink. And what that means is if he's got anything coming, any routes coming back to the ball, he's slow to drop his hips and get back. But he makes up for it with that speed that's setting up that next move. So even though he is slow on it, if he nails that, that timing of when the cornerback is on its heels, bang, I'm coming back for the ball, he could still get that separation that he needs for Mac Jones to hit him with the, hit him with the uh, comeback pass. So do I like, like Thornton this year? I love Thornton this year. Um, do I think over time he's going to get better? Absolutely. I think he's a kind of receiver that you're going to have to build chemistry with because of that speed. But I do think Mac Jones is really going to love playing with Thornton, whether it's his rookie season or somewhere down the road. Folks, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep and will have incredible free agency and a summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, just cook yourself one extra lunch per month because this deal is only $5.99. I'll see you there.
the definition of Pittsburgh is gritty, tough, strong. And the receiver that they picked here in round two in the 52nd overall, George Pickens from Georgia, is all of those things. He's big. He's strong. He's physical. He's just a definition of Pittsburgh. I couldn't think of a better receiver to put on Pittsburgh than Pickens. He's everything they thought Chase Claypool was going to be. And it was, and I found it really funny that they actually had Chase Claypool announce this pick for them. He's basically announcing his replacement. But George Pickens in Georgia, he's big, he's physical. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he just plays with such physicality. He catches everything. He's just got the strongest hands. He, he run blocks like a machine. And guess what the Pittsburgh Steelers want to do? They want to run the ball with Najee Harris. He's a great fit in Pittsburgh. Do I think he's going to be a top-tier rookie wide receiver this year? I think he's more falls in the second to third tier for me. But again, early rankings. But do I think this guy's going to have a spectacular, spectacular career? I absolutely think he can because of that strength. He has a tough time fighting back for balls, however. He gets a tough time getting out of those cuts. But I mean, this guy's just a freak of an athlete. I do see big things out of Pickens in the future. It's just this rookie season with a, possibly a rookie quarterback could be a little bit of a rough start for uh, George Pickens. But in dynasty leagues and long-term you know, keeper-type leagues, I think Pickens would be an absolute wonderful pick for your fantasy team. Jahan Dotson. Penn State, drafted 16th overall to the Washington Commanders. This kid is an unbelievable talent. He can do anything on the football field in the wide receiver position. He can run any route in the tree. He can catch anything you throw to him. And I really think if it wasn't for this one thing I'm about to mention, he would be listed as one of my top three to five wide receiver rookies in, the, in this fantasy draft, in this upcoming rookie fantasy draft. However, He's smooth, he's athletic, he's confident, he's competent. He's just an overall very, very skilled wide receiver. But again, there's one humongous flaw. And the sad thing is, it's not even his flaw. The Washington Commanders are planning to put Carson Wentz under center this year. Dotson is going to be plagued with the Wentz effect. Carson Wentz has all the ability in the world, but he just cannot figure it out. I just, it boggles my mind. I was high on Michael Pittman last year. And Michael Pittman had a decent year, right? He had a couple weeks where he had a fantastic, fantastic fantasy output. However, those were the weeks where Wentz was actually hitting him on passes. And the other weeks, Pittman would have one target, two targets, and if he had five or six targets, majority of those targets went over his head and into the stands. Dotson's fantasy value is solely tied to Carson Wentz. And unfortunately, I just don't like Carson Wentz this year for obvious reasons. Do I think Carson Wentz is talented? I absolutely do. I, said, I just said that a little while ago. But for some reason, he can't put it together. Do I think he could put it together? Maybe. 
Do I think he's going to? No. So Dotson's fantasy value is totally tied to Carson Wentz, which is why I am advising to stay away from, from Dotson in this year's single fantasy football season. However, if you're in a dynasty or a keeper league, I would absolutely target Dotson. I think he's, like I said, he's an absolute freak of an athlete and a very skilled and polished wide receiver. So I think he's going to have a very good career once the Washington Commanders get rid of Carson Wentz. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached a part of the show where I'm going to have to wave adios. It's been an absolute pleasure sharing this 30 minutes with you and breaking down the NFL wide receiver rookie potential. I actually want to answer one more question, and that question is, where did this don't be a mush come from that I end all my, my, my podcasts with? Have you guys ever seen The Bronx Tale before? There is a character named Eddie Mush that my buddies and I and my family and I find absolutely hilarious. And so what don't be a mush means is don't think that you're going to go into your fantasy draft and have a wonderful draft without doing the research and doing the work because you could be a mush and have bad luck because you're going in blindly. You may have a great early draft, but if you're not doing your research, you won't have the bench players to put into your lineup. So if you become a mush and you only have good starters and no bench players, guess what's going to happen? You're going to lose. So that's why I always end my podcast with don't be a mush. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'll be back again next week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Monday, I'll be breaking down some tight ends as well as some other sleeper rookies that I have not mentioned yet that could have some fantasy potential if things were to happen in training camp, such as injuries, or if they show that they have some extreme talent that was just not showcased in college. It's officially the start of the weekend, so everybody make sure you have a great morning, a wonderful afternoon, and a fantastic evening. I'll see everybody back here Monday morning. See you then.